Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you get too much of a good thing? Let's put it in perspective in terms of Christmas. Are you suffering from perhaps Christmas overload? We're told everything in moderation. Remember? Everything in moderation. And you get too much of a good thing. So how are you doing in terms of uh, your diet? Everybody's laughing, so not too well, I'm imagining. Is it the sweet treats that were the problem for you? Uh, Chocolate, uh, cookies, bars, whatever. Some of you are saying yes. Some of you are saying no, not really. Okay, so let's shift to the other side. Uh, What about meat? (laughs) Too much turkey? Ham, prime rib, yeah, everybody's like, yeah, okay, it's probably one of those. Is your debit card or credit card a little bit still hot to the touch? (laughs) Maybe you got a lot of stuff in return, right? You spent a lot, you got a lot. Maybe you got a lot of stuff in return. Maybe you have a lot of stuff to return, right? I know at our house it's kind of like, where in the world are we going to put all this stuff? How in the world am I going to get that Christmas tree that we just bought that came in a really small box? And I said, there's no way that that thing's going to be as big as it is in the picture. Well, when you fluff it out, it is. It's never going back into that box, I can tell you that. Never. Where am I going to put all the stuff I just got? Um, I guess maybe back to the store? I don't know. Are you suffering from Christmas overload? Are you worn out a little bit from traveling, from all the family and friends, commotion in your house, maybe? Friends you've seen during the past week, right? There's a lot of stuff going on. Are you looking forward to maybe just a little bit of alone time, downtime, that kind of thing. Maybe there's that one song, that seasonal song, that you could say, I don't want to hear that song again. And if I hear it again, even within a year, it's too soon. Are you suffering from Christmas overload? Don't worry, brothers and sisters in Christ, the world is prepared to move on. The world is prepared to move on. It's after Christmas. A lot of people will take down their trees today. If you've been listening to Christmas songs on popular radio, on on local radio, uh, Jack FM is going back to their regular format today, right? It's only... December 26th, and people are, they're done. They're done. We're still in the season of Christmas. We're in the season of Christmas, all right? But getting past Christmas, this time of year becomes a pastime itself, right? And not only in terms of the secular, but perhaps also for you, for me, 
for everyone in terms of the spiritual. And so we had a really interesting way things fell this year, right? With Christmas Eve one day and Christmas Day and then the divine service on Sunday. Boom, boom, boom. The question is, are you dealing with Christmas overload? Can you ever get too much of a good thing? You think, boy, three days in a row? How many of you did three days in a row? Some of you probably did. Yeah. People are going to be like, oh, that's a little bit too much. It's <laughs> a little bit too much Jesus there. What are you doing? After all, come on. We know that he died for me. We know that I believe. Isn't that enough? Isn't this too much of a good thing? Well, as we discussed in our Advent talks, many of us prepare for a day, right? During this time of year, maybe the season. Yeah, we, we, we prepare for the season, I suppose. But it goes away. When we prepare for a person, that's totally different. That person who comes to stay, who has come to abide with us, to care for us, to never leave us or forsake us. And guys, that's not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. Too much of a good thing? Too much of Jesus? Boy. This child came to save us from our sin, and I don't know how your Christmas celebrations went or your seasonal celebrations went, but Paul celebrates our baptism and that we're clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And we'll get to that in a minute. But part of this, as our baptismal identity, we have certain things that we're supposed to exhibit, right? So let me go through a few of these. How did you do in, um, in terms of your sorrow, anxiety, doubt, sadness, sin? How well did we do in showing kindness, humility, meekness, patience uh, the whole season through? Did you let your grievances stay in the past or did they get dredged up again? Did you put on love, right? That's one of the things we're supposed to do. Did you put on love over the last days, weeks, months? Did you do that in all that you said, all that you did, and all that you thought? Me neither. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> I have been tired. I have been worn out. I have been impatient. I have been rude. I have been arrogant. I have been short-tempered. I have been ungrateful. And a host of other foul and cruel things that I dare not mention in the house of the Lord. While celebrating Christmas, I have not always been Christ-like. And I have not always thanked God for that precious gift of a child born for me. Now, that probably rings true for you, too. And that's because of sin. That's because we live in the darkness of sin. In today's text, Paul gives us confidence in the new person, the new self. Not something that is manufactured, 
by the will of man, but that is poured out through the Holy Spirit through the means of grace. Right? Poured out through the Holy Spirit through the means of grace. And one of these, of course, is your, your baptism. By virtue of your baptism. By virtue of your baptism, you are God's one of, one of God's chosen ones. Think about that. You are one of God's chosen ones. You are one of those who are declared holy for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think of that. You are one of the ones who have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that is continued through the means of grace. Think of that. You are those who are beloved by the Lord, in the Lord, through the Lord, who know of his salvation. And you can never have, as the Holy Spirit will testify to us, as God's gifts continually come to us, that you can never, never have too much Jesus. You can never have too much of this good thing. Now, I know what the world will say. Oh, yes, you can. You can be too religious. Even your own heart and your mind will say, okay, <laughs> that's enough Jesus for me. All these voices will tell you, hey, you're fine. You're good. Thank you very much. Let's move on. As I said, I'd venture to guess most of us, many of us, are more than content this time of year to fill up on fellowship, on food, on drink, on presents, or music, or decorations, or a, or a host of other things. You know, the stuff of the season that doesn't really do any favors to our figures, to our wallets, to our bank accounts. You know, the stuff that is nice, but it doesn't save. It doesn't pardon sins. It doesn't grant eternal life. And with such distractions and such distracted hearts, we do well to hang on and hear the words of Paul this morning. And let me just break it down to the central idea, okay? And here is his exhortation. It is, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of Christ is important. The word of Christ lead us. They guide us, right? It's what Jesus commanded his church to do. Baptize, and don't stop there, teach. All that I have commanded you, all that I have told you. And lo, I will be with you always to the very end of the age, right? Jesus tells us how he comes to us through his Word. And we do well to let this word dwell in us richly. Because you know what the devil likes to do? You know what his oldest trick is? It's to take God's word, all right? It's to take God's word and change it just enough so that it no longer is God's word, but the word of a liar, the word of demons. Twist it, distort it, tweak it. And he continues to do that today. So we no longer have truth, we have lies. 
We no longer have a solid foundation that is built on the rock of Christ, but instead is built on anything and everything else and is as shifting sand. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly because that word brings so much. Joy amid sorrow. Truth amid whimsy, human whimsy and fancy and fickleness. Peace amid uncertainty and doubt. Light amid darkness. I know that many of you enjoy the time of Christmas because we surround ourselves uh, with reminders of the coming Savior, right? So we have all these songs that ring out with the good news of a Savior born, right? Light in life He brings. All kinds of wonderful and joyous things. Right? Peace on earth. God and sinners reconcile. All these joyful messages that we hear in the Advent and Christmas seasons. Christmas lights point us to the One who came to give us light. Bright and cheery because there's so many opportunities to encounter the gospel message throughout the season. To encounter the message of sins forgiven through Jesus Christ our Lord. But it's more than just a sentimental routine or sentimental notion. It's God's promise. The Word of God dwells in us richly because the Word of God incarnate came to dwell among us and serve us through word and sacrament. And so, yes, we have a lot of services this time of year. We have a lot of services to allow that Word to come and dwell among us and give us all that He seeks to give us. And yet, we say, three days in a row... Come on. We tire of it from time to time. And that's a shame. Our fallen human broken minds can only take in so much. We know so little of God's love for us and what awaits us through Jesus Christ, His Son, our Lord. And only through the power of God's Spirit-filled Word and it's continually shaping us and forming our hearts and minds, forming and informing our hearts and minds, can we even believe in the first place? And can we even grasp, truly grasp and know and believe in the Lord's love and favor and mercy and grace for us? Only through that coming to us time and time again, are we able to do some of those things that Paul exhorts us to do as a Christian community? To teach. Truly teach. To admonish. To give God's pure word in a climate where much of what the early church taught, what the apostles taught, what Jesus taught, has been changed. Yeah, it's happened. It's been changed. According to human, fickle human wokeness that really has no idea of God's justice, of God's righteousness, because it likes to ignore or dismiss what God has said. Right? So many have been taken, even supposed Christians, by 
and captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ, not according to God's will. But there is good news. God, who is the creator of all things, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, all-loving Lord, wants you to know His love for you in Christ and wants you to know His will. Wants to give you His Spirit to know and to do that will. And when you fall short, to fall on that mercy and grace that is awaiting you in our Lord and Savior. God is not silent. He does still speak. He does still speak through those who receive the Scriptures for what they are. Not human teaching, but the living and enduring, Spirit-laden words of God for you. His voice written down for us to hear and receive. During Christmas, we celebrate many things. And I hope that you're able to celebrate this year the Word of God incarnate that does not just, who does not just dwell for us for a day, who does not dwell among us for just a season, but who dwells among us through word and sacrament continually. God does speak to you. It is He who comes to you in your baptism. He who comes to you, who instructs you, who forgives you, who sends you His Holy Spirit, who commands, exhorts, renews, leads, forgives, speaks words of law and gospel. Take heart. Take heart. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. You know what the Word of God says among us? God can bear actions that are contrary to His will. Indeed, He did that upon the cross. God can bear actions that are against His will. He did that on the cross. But doctrine that contradicts Him? Rebellion and continual living... Continue rebelling that contradicts him. The speaking of lies as though truth, God will not endure. The question is, do we know the difference? We need the word of God so that we might know the difference, believe the difference, embrace the difference. We cannot have too much of a good thing. We can listen to the voice of our Lord who knows such things and tells us such things so that we may have life to the full. Our Lord who broke the feeble attempts of the devil and his minions with the pure word of God when they would try to twist it and distort it. No, no. Our Lord who corrected, think about this, corrected and rebuked the religious experts of the day. We are to listen, teach, cling to all that our Lord has taught. Because the word of God has come to dwell among sinners so that sinners may know him aright. That we might know the truth so the truth will set us free. 
We hear and speak and share our Lord's words because His words are the words of eternal life. Lord, to whom shall we go? You, you have the words of eternal life. Too much of a good thing? No. In His Word, God has given you, He has given me. In the Word incarnate, He has given you, He has given me. Truth and wisdom. Truth and wisdom. He has given us a word that elicits praise from our mouth. He has given us words that result in thankfulness in our hearts and in our minds to God who has blessed you so richly through the word of God incarnate. We can never have too much of this good thing. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of Christ incarnate dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds in faith. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.